Today on Rooted Daily, we ask why we should give. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about the reason that we give. And often we say, you know, we should give unconditionally. We don't need a reward. We, we don't do it for recognition. And we should sacrifice as Christ did for us, allowing himself to hang on a cross to save people who would never be capable of repaying him. And that's all true. But I think it's a little interesting that the Bible actually does describe a reward Christians will receive for being generous. Paul writes that he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. If we give, we will be given. So is that why we should be generous for the reward? And that begs the question, what if we never get the reward that we're waiting for? Can we trust a God who promises a bountiful harvest if I give generously, but I still struggle? So let's back up and see the context of what Paul's talking about here in 2 Corinthians 9. He writes, now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Yeah, that's a interesting passage, I think. The Corinthians, they had clearly offered some sort of support for some other Christians. And Paul says that he's boasting about them, which I understand to mean that while you know, I shouldn't give for glory. If I see people giving, I should encourage that and I should praise them for that. That's what Paul's doing here for the Corinthians. But Paul says he's writing to them and sending Titus so that they can have this gift prepared before it's needed so that when they come, they'll be able to give out of generosity instead of necessity. So that's the context. Then Paul writes uh, going forward, but this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Give to receive is what Paul says. If we aren't willing to give generously, why would we expect to receive something generously? But then Paul says that in fact, we don't give for a reward or out of necessity, but cheerfully and from the heart. And when we do that, God will give us everything we need because his righteousness endures forever. So we see Two kinds of giving contrasted in verses uh, five and six and seven. One kind is out of 
obligation. It's done sparingly. It's under compulsion. The other is a matter of generosity. It's bountiful. It's cheerful. Now, let's think for a moment about bad giving. In each of these three descriptions, the root of what is wrong is the need to hold back. Yes, it's still giving. It's sacrificing something to help others, but it's giving with an eye on the consequences. It's giving, but it's holding back. Take the word sparingly, for example, in verse 6. When, when Paul said God did not spare his only son in Romans 8.32, he meant that God did not hold him back. He shared him fully with us at great personal cost. So we should not spare anything when we give. We shouldn't look at the consequences. To give sparingly is to give while still wanting deep down to hold back. There are enough external pressures to make us give something but there's a reluctance there. That's not how we give. Now, take the positive side of this. In, in verse six, the word is bountifully. That's how we give. In the Greek, it's the same word as the one used in verse five. Literally, it means to give on the basis of blessing. Our giving should rest upon the great truth that God is a bountifully blessing God. And then our giving in turn should be bountiful blessing to others. Verse 7 says it should be cheerful. So giving bountifully means giving from a heart that wants to share things that we've been blessed with. It's when that switch goes off in our head when, like Jesus, we stop counting the cost and we are overwhelmed with the desire to serve others, sparing nothing. That is how we give. And the question is, how do we change our motivation for giving from right to wrong? Is it because there's this reward waiting for us if we give cheerfully? I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with being excited about pleasing God with our giving and the bountiful reaping that will occur as a result. We can be excited for that, but that's not all of our motivation. Continuing on in 2 Corinthians 9, Paul writes in verse 10, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, isn't it great when the Bible gives us such a powerful and simple answer. And I think that's what we've got here. Paul says that the way we change our motivation for giving from right to wrong, from reluctantly to cheerfully, is thanksgiving. Now, I'm not sure about you, but most of the time for me, thanks is more like an instinctive afterthought rather than something I really focus on. For instance, when I go uh, to the coffee shop, I always say thank you after the barista hangs me up. Uh, but thanks is at the focus of that conversation. That's just the thing we say. We were taught to do this, and so we say it without really thinking. But this Thanksgiving that Paul is describing is something far more than that. I think we often give thanks to God in the same way we say thank you in everyday conversation. It's an afterthought rather than a driving force. You know, to get back to the focus 
of the podcast, part of rooting ourselves in Christ, as Paul describes in Colossians 2, is rooting ourselves in thanks for Christ too. Colossians 2 says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Getting thanks right and letting it overflow in our lives, that makes all the difference. Thanksgiving is a vital spiritual practice for us, not just an afterthought. Paul told the Corinthians that they need to remember that the source of everything they have is God. He supplies the seed. He allows us to sow it bountifully. And when we sow sparingly, we make it clear that we forget where the seed came from in the first place. But when we give thanks for what we have, that will be a blessing, not just for us, and not even just for the people that we help. But Paul says it's going to be a blessing to everyone who sees this generosity too. It will point back to God. So to answer the question, why should we give? And to be sure that we're giving for the right reason, we need to do two things. First, we need to find the seed that we've been given. Verse 8 says that God will bless us abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, to understand why we should give, we need to first realize how we've been blessed abundantly. We, what do we have to give? And while that includes physical blessings, we can almost always look around and see that the advantages that God has given us compared to others can be greater. But the indescribable gift that Paul mentions goes so far beyond that. The gospel is the greatest thing we could ever be offered. And if we're ever feeling like we're in a position where we have nothing to give, we should remember that, in fact, we have the greatest thing in the world to give to others. We may have to say, like Peter did, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. And we should recognize that's no consolation price. That's giving them the gospel, the greatest gift we could ever receive. Then, after we recognize what we've been given, we have to remember where that incredible gift came from. Never stop thanking God. And when you are overflowing in thanksgiving, you'll understand what it means to be a cheerful, bountiful giver. And then as Paul wrote, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in even more thanksgiving to God. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down, studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify or YouTube. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.